listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. As you're looking at the seeds that are being sown into your family, into your future, uh, your children, they've got to be uh, right seeds. They have to be proper seeds to produce the harvest you want. You, you know, I want my kids to look a certain way as they grow up. I want to see victory in their lives. I want to see health in their lives. I want to see wealth in their lives. I want to see them fulfilling their purpose. And we've done so much teaching on this through the broadcast, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, we may think, well, uh, you know, that doesn't matter what people have said to me. I'm just going to, but the reality is many people are affected by what was said to them for years in their formative years as they were growing up. Many people to this day are still dealing with and battling those things in their mind and in their heart that they had to deal with at a young age. We know people that you know are, have been alive for 50, 60 years that we've met that are still today battling those things that they dealt with long ago. They've never really gotten past it. It is important. You know, it's we have to remember that the Bible says in, in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when you're speaking these, these seeds, they are seeds leaving your mouth, leaving your life. You know, Charles Capps wrote a book a long time ago called There's a Miracle in Your Mouth. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he used that, there's a miracle in your mouth, is because when you speak, you have creative power that you're releasing as you speak. There's life and death in the tongue. And that's what you've really been focusing on uh, with the upcoming book. So it's it's not just the declarations, but you've written devotionals around every one of them. Yeah. And then prayers. Something that goes along with it to show you how powerful you really are. There comes a time, you know, it, it's annoying if you're, I'm not saying on my end, I'm saying people that are always the one who's got to go to get prayer. I need you to pray for me. There's a crisis in my life. Always like, in crisis. Like, if that's you, aren't you tired of being the prayer project? Aren't you tired of like the one that always has to go to get prayer? Where you can just lay hands on your own head and see yourself recover. Yeah. Where you can lay hands on your own seed and see financial increase. And then you can go do it to somebody else. It's and that's a really the thing cycle. is it's like, you know, the devil wants to keep your Christianity uh, inwardly focused right. so that you're never a blessing to your generation. Right. So that you're always, I'm in crisis. I need a touch. Where's my miracle? Right. Rather than, who, God, who can you send me to? Who can I bless? Who can I pray for? Who can I bring a right. miracle? We've got to always <clears throat> be looking outward and seeing what we can do because that's what we were called to do. Yeah. He didn't leave this earth. For us to be in that position. Right. He left us with great power. You know, people always say, oh, Carolyn, I, I, I just want to be at your faith level or this and that. But it's like, it didn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. I went after it. I declared it. This is what I want. When, so, when, when there's an opportunity for my faith to increase, 
you know, and I look for that opportunity because I want to go to new levels. Right. So when you get this book and you start declaring it and you start reading it, you're going to feel the gift of faith rise up in you. Yeah. Because you have a mission. It's not just the fivefold ministry that's supposed to stand up there. You have a mission. You've been called to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, be a blessing to somebody, have the greater power that he had on earth that when he left, that's what we now have. Right. We have an obligation to Jesus mm -hmm. to do what he's called us to do, whether no you're in the fivefold ministry or not. Every believer. We are not called to sit on the sidelines. We all have a job to do. We all have work to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to figure out what it is. Absolutely. And when you think about this too, part of what we want to do in the book is after each section, after each devotional um, with the declaration, the prayer, we want to put in there uh, discussion points so that you, many times people are getting together with their friends, their small groups in churches, house groups, things like that. We want you to be able to take this through, you know, it's 40 days. We want you to be able to have content so that you're not just going through it and it's a devotional, it's building your faith, giving you declarations, giving you prayers, but then getting together as friends and believers and discussing the word of God. I dealt with this last night on the broadcast, how important your connections are how important your friends are. You know, I want faith-filled friends. Right. So this is like content that you can take and actually uh, use it as fuel in those faith-based relationships. You get together with your small group, your home group, uh, even classes at your church, and it's something that you can sit and after you ingest the mighty word of God and all of the uh, declarations, confessions, devotional, then you can literally then use that as something to, uh, as iron sharpening iron, you know, um, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. This is part of that content that allows you to sharpen others. They sharpen you. When I get together, uh, like I see arm Meshagan is on, um, his brother, uh, Alan Meshagan, who wrote that book, powerful book where, we're using this month, by the way, we're, we're sending this to everybody that uh, is standing with us in partnership and, and sowing this month, Air of Power, powerful book by my friend, uh, Pastor Alan Meshagan. But one of the things when I get around Alan, Carolyn will tell you, if I get around Pastor Alan, we sit down at a table, we could talk. I mean, he's, he's a preaching machine, but he's got revelation on the word. And that's one of the things that I value and love very much is talking to people uh, who have that revelation of the word. We could sit down at a table and chop it up for you know an hour, hour and a half, and it feels like time flies. Well, it's iron sharpening iron, and I'm sure you know our arms the same way. They come from a preaching family, and so they have that uh, that legacy in their family, and I appreciate it. And when you sit down with somebody like that, you can tell when you sit down with somebody, and the conversations like laborious, like oh, okay, really? They're always talking about their problems, their issues, what's going on. But then when you get somebody that starts talking to you about, man, let me tell you something God just showed me in the word last week. This stirred me up, stirred my spirit up. And then you sit there at the table. I want friends like that, that are stirring my faith, that are building me up. I talked about Mark chapter two, the paralyzed man mm -hmm. who had four friends that lifted him up on the roof and then tore the roof off. Uh, I want friends like that, that aren't just saying, well, you need to go to another level to get your miracle. I want friends that'll go to another level with me. And so basically as we're, um, 
using these small groups, home groups, classes and churches, whatever you may be having just friends over for dinner and you get talking at the table. This is exciting because it gives you the fuel to say, all right, here's our basis. That's why people appreciate prayer points so much uh, because it gives you the content to get started. And that's part of what's, what's going to be great about this is it gives you the ability with now with your friends, you, you might, it might hit you a revelation. You read, you confess now it hits you. Oh, I never thought of it that way. And then it sparks that conversation and God begins to speak to you and your friends and you're sitting there sharpening each other. All it does is create strong, strong believers that have an even tighter connection in the spirit. And then it just, God uses it. And so it, it even happens with your family. One thing I want to show you, go to second Timothy chapter one. And, uh, we're just talking together today. So if you have questions, if you want clarification, if you if there's things you heard this week or, or today that you want to hear more about or you have questions about, put them in the comments section because we want to we want to interact with you guys today. But uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I was thinking about this because as you're writing these, people are being touched by them. Of course, you already said as you've been posting the declarations for the last however many months it's been, all kinds of people have been writing saying, I love these. I'm printing them out. They're yeah. all, they're in my car. They're in my kitchen. They're in my bathroom. Folder on my phone. Yeah. And so, you know, it gives people the ability to start using it in their home with their children. Part of what we have with Miracle Word Kids is parents are writing back and saying, this is great. It's giving me something where I'm interacting with my kids and we're learning the Bible together. It's important to have your family included in the power and presence of God as you're raising your family and you're, you're responsible for them. It makes me think of this in second Timothy chapter one, where Paul wrote to his son in the gospel, Timothy, and said this, um, verse five, second Timothy one, five, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. You see that? How, how does it read in the, the New Living Translation? Um, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith continues strong in you. I love that. In the New Living, you share the faith of your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice. I love that. You share the faith. You have the same faith that now dwells in you. It is something that we've talked about this, and I know people, there's people that don't necessarily agree, but the Bible says you have to train your children up in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. I don't just, now think about this. I don't just have the faith I have because I picked up the Bible one day and started reading it. I don't have the faith I have because I went to church one time or went to church as a kid or went to church through my life. Part of the reason I have the faith and a majority of the reason that I have the faith that I have today is because I have a father and a mother that are full of faith. You see that? I have a father and a mother that are full of faith. Why did they? They, you know, I think of my grandfather, my grandmother, my grandmother who's still alive. A grandfather and a grandmother full of faith. You know, Carolyn grew up in a home with a father and a mother full of faith. It transfers to your children. It transfers. To, 
Carolyn doesn't have faith because she went to church one time or she went to church growing up or because she picked up a Bible. That's part of it. But one of the main reasons is because she had parents. I had parents. They had parents that are full of faith. And when you're full of faith, it transfers. It's part of the way you're training those children to grow. And as you're training them up, they are being imparted. Faith is being imparted to your children. Paul made that very clear. He said, I saw the faith was first in your grandmother and it jumped from your grandmother into your mother. And then it jumped from your mother into you. That's right. I agree with, with Arm. Arm said, every generation should get stronger and stronger. That's, that's what I was teaching about in Further Faster is that it continues to increase from generation to generation. So Paul recognized it. Your grandmother had it. Yep. It jumped into your mom. Your mom has it. It's now in you. I love one thing that our bishop says is that. Yes, I'm reading the. I'll, I'll answer your question, Latrice, in a moment. Um, uh, that our ceiling will be our children's floor. Yes. So like where, where we are now, our kids already have like a massive leg up, and then they'll continue on, and their strength and their growth will be the ceiling. For the next generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, the floor for the next generation. So when he said that, it really paints that picture in your mind that our ceiling will be the next generation's floor. Yeah. And that's and that's how it should be. Continual increase in the body of Christ. And that includes with faith. You know, one of the things that, that we recognize is that revelation is progressive. It continues to progress. So my grandfather had revelation of scripture that well, think of it this way. Maybe he spent so, so much time in prayer and study receiving those things from the Lord. He may have taken 50 years to get a collection of revelation that the Lord showed him, but because he spent that time with the Holy spirit in getting that, he can now teach that to his sons. They got it through his wisdom he got it through his dedication. Do you see this? And watch, getting it through instruction is much faster than getting it through dedication. So this, the reason Arm's talking about it should get stronger and stronger, my grandfather might, might have had to take 50 years of ministry and life for Christ to get those things from the Lord. But now that he has them, he can just freely teach them to his sons. Well, now they have all of the stuff that he had, plus they're getting new stuff from the Lord for themselves. And they spent another 40, 50 years doing the same. But now when they hand it down to their children, they're not just giving all the stuff that the grandfather had. They're giving that plus all the stuff that they received. And you see how the snowball effect works. It compounds and compounds and compounds. Now I'm in the third generation. And I get to have the revelation and the truths that my grandfather and grandmother received from the Lord and the things that my father and mother and uncles received from the Lord and the things that the Lord is showing me. My children, my children will be a step ahead of that. They'll have the revelation of the grandparents, the their, their great-grandparents, their grandparents, their parents, and now what the Lord shows them. So the more that we move forward in, in the future, that that revelation, that power should compound, compound, and snowball. And as Paul is saying, it started in your grandmother, I saw it. It went into your mother, I saw it. Now I know it dwells in you as well. It continues to compound. And <clears throat> part of what we're talking about 
is creating a boundary of faith for your children. You know, people make fun of sheltered kids. Well, he's a sheltered kid. I want to shelter the kids. Not that they don't have any idea of what reality is, but there's a whole lot of stuff kids Not shouldn't every, have to deal with and, today. And everything doesn't have to be told. Uh, you know what I mean? There's like an age for things. People just are like, well, you're sheltering your kid. It's like, well, at nine, my kid doesn't need to know A, B, and C. That's at a different time when your brain can handle it. But everyone just like looks down on you because you want to protect your children. That's crazy. Why does my not why does my nine or ten year old daughter need to know about getting with guys and having a boyfriend and you know all the stuff they're putting on shows, even, even that, on cartoons. Even learning about sex. Why yeah. do they even need to have that ingrained in and their our thoughts? culture and our culture says that's what needs to be happening. Well, we think this is a good idea for your kids to learn at it now. Why? Because they've let the public schools go to trash and it's basically just a big it's a place for people to go and be destroyed, if you think about it. The, what they're teaching, the common core, the culture, you know, in middle schools. I saw something in the UK where they had like kindergartners and first graders and they had them coming in with uh, stuffed toys that were in the shape of male and female genitals. And they were teaching kindergartners and first graders in public school, primary school, the best way to touch the toys. And literally that's what they're teaching five and six year olds. It's a wicked world. And my kids don't need it. Well, you know, that's just how it is. They need to be introduced to it because they'll sooner or later, they'll find out later, please. And you don't want them learning from somebody else. That's what people say. Yeah. It's like, and I sure as heck don't want them learning from you. Thank you very much. Exactly. God has entrusted me with my children and I will be led by the Holy Spirit and I will teach them certain things when I'm told to teach them. Exactly right. You all have to stand up for your rights. Don't do everything that society tells you to do. That's exactly you understand right. the society, the world is not, we're not a part of that world. So if you're going to take your cues from a place that you aren't even a part of, you're going to mess up. You're going to get tripped up and things are going to happen. If you only take your cues from the living word of God, yeah. that's when you know you're not going to have to struggle. That's a hard message for people to and understand, well, I've got to struggle because i got to learn from something. You don't have to learn the hard way. Right. You don't have to learn it. Someone before you is telling you, yeah. the Bible before you is telling you yeah. how you're supposed to live, what you're supposed to do, what decisions for your family. If someone else makes another decision, great. This is my family that God has entrusted me with. Yeah. And so therefore, I only have one person to go to. And that is the Lord to get an answer from and make my decision, not what everyone else has to say. So you have to realize you've got to set that boundary up and other people just aren't welcome to give their advice or their instruction. And and, and I don't care what other people think about our decisions. Absolutely. People aren't going to like it. People are going to like it. You know, people are like the waves in an ocean, not steady. And come, some are going to come and some are going to go. Yep. But what is forever? What is a rock? What is always going to be here? The word of God. That's it right. says, and, and, and God's never going to change. The word of God's never going to change. And so since that's the only thing that is presented to you as a rock, <laughs> wouldn't you think that's the only way you want to get your answer from, your guidance from, your instruction from? Absolutely. Because you can't fail when you listen to the word of God. That's right. And you think about the fact that it's like Dennis said. 
you know, even at a young age, they're, they're teaching kids, you know, there's 14 genders, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, you have to make up in your mind, you know what? People might get offended. I could care less. I guess the phrase is couldn't care less. I couldn't care less (laughs) if people, uh, get offended. That means nothing to me. You know, if I'm offending people by, by living according to the word, let them be offended because I don't care. But you know, you know what? Then you're living right. Yeah. And the that's thing is, proof there will be right. an antichrist spirit that's always at work in the world that wants to push back against a Christ spirit. You know, there will be. Thank you, Juanita, for sowing a seed. There will be an antichrist spirit that will try to push back. And by the way, if you haven't shared this yet, take a minute to share it because people need to hear what we're talking about. And it's important that you know it's a good thing when an antichrist world is getting offended because you believe the Bible over the culture and that you do things according to the word over according to the culture. Let them be offended. I want them to be mad because that means I'm doing it right. An antichrist spirit is never going to love a Christ spirit. And I don't care. It's right. The gospel will always offend the flesh. Always. And my children, your children, your family... And the future of your family is too important to just give it over to the spirit of this world, to just give it over to the spirit of this culture. Too important. Your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives, your life, too important. Thank you, Larissa. We love you. And so, you know, you need to hear this today. We need to take a stand and fight for the children, fight for the grandchildren, fight for our husbands and wives and declare the devil's not having my family. The devil's not having my children. I refuse to let the devil, and I know I know that takes responsibility on our parts. You might be watching us today, and you're a first-generation Christian. You didn't grow up in a Christian home. You didn't, let alone have a grandfather and grandmother that were Christians. You didn't even have fathers and mothers. That's I understand many people came from that background. But here's the good news. You're the first. You're the one who's setting now the precedent that from this point forward, our family will be in the power and presence of God. My children won't grow up like I did. The same curses that tried to touch my life won't touch my children's lives. They'll never have to struggle with what I struggled with. They'll never have to deal with what I dealt with. And you can make that declaration by faith, and you can say, from this moment forward, new family tree. Everything that was running through my family before me well, you know, we've got a family of alcoholics. No more. Well, we got a family of, you got a history of cancer through our family. No more. Well, you know, we always, everybody in the family's got diabetes. No more. You're cutting off addictions and sickness and disease and poverty and lack. It has to be lack. cut off somewhere. Be Why not one. with you? Be the one where you draw a line in the sand. That's right, man. And stick up for the things of God. I know very well there's lots of parents watching. And wouldn't you be mad If someone tried to come after your family, break in your house, steal your children, I mean, let me know (laughs) as a parent how you would feel about it. Or would you kindly escort your child out to a stranger's car and put them in it and say, have a good time. It's like, what? I hope you come back. 
Yeah. It's like, what? That's how you have to think about the enemy coming after your household, coming after your family. The same way I would physically, and I won't be descriptive, I would do to people that came after my family, even if it was Ted. I know he's strong and can take care of himself. <laughs> but I mean, anyone, I w- friends of mine, I would not have it. But even let alone as you think as a parent, because I know parents out there, someone says one thing about your kid, or or even parents where kids come home and they say a little kid said something to them. You're like ready to go over there and give that seven-year-old some, <laughs> some, you know, a piece of your mind. We'll do the same thing when the enemy comes knocking on your door come on. and trying to do something to your family. Right. Have the same anger yes. towards the enemy that you would do in the natural if somebody tried to come after you, you better and your believe family. It. It's going to be like Taken with Liam Neeson. I'm coming <laughs> after you. <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you have to get serious because this, hear what I'm saying. There's a See, war. No description necessary. Yeah. We mama bears get it. Exactly. Absolutely. And you know what? You wouldn't think twice about it. No. You wouldn't think twice about going to snatch your kid from somebody who's dragging them. That's right. You wouldn't think twice. Like you would, you would leave that situation, and and then all of a sudden you'd be like, I don't even know what came over me. Yeah. It's like you, but you got to be the same way with the enemy. Yeah. He's coming hard after your family. He's coming hard after your marriage. Mm-hmm. He's coming hard after your home, your finances. Yes. What are you gonna do about it? The, what are you gonna do about faith it? Faith is a fight. Paul said that you're, you're to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is not, I'm going to lay back and let God do everything. I know he knows what's best for me. I'll just walk. No, faith is actions, fighting actions to take the promises of God that have been set aside for you. There's giants in every person's promised land and you are required to drive them out by the faith God's given you. And I, I, I've just made up my mind. I hope you have that I'm going to fight for the victory of my children. I'm going to fight for the, if Jesus tarries, I'm going to fight for the victory of my grandchildren. You know, I'm going to fight to be one who can bless them. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm-hmm. Remember this. And people say, well, you're so, you know, that's such a greedy way to live. No, 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 no. That's Bible way to live. I've not been blessed enough until I can bless my children and bless my grandchildren. Right. That's scriptural. I'm not, I'm not blessed enough. I don't overflow enough until I can bless my children, all the three of them and their children. That's what the Bible teaches. A good man, a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I'm going to fight to make sure that they understand that we're standing for their victory. And they will see victory. Let me answer Latrice's question. She's asked it multiple times now. How do you get our faith? How do we get our faith to transfer from head knowledge to our heart believing? How do we know after confessing that now we believe? Um, if you're, I don't know if you're talking about salvation, Latrice, um, you know, that you've, that you've got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. The Bible says you confess that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says nobody can, can confess that Jesus is Lord except through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, you're, what you believe in your heart is that God raised him from the dead. And nobody can tell you what you do believe and what you don't. But re- remember, all these things are spiritually discerned. All of these things. 
are spiritually discerned. So she says, not salvation. So if someone's preaching a message to you and you're receiving it by faith and you say, well, I, if you know, cause I've heard this a lot, I taught a lot, you know, EW Kenyon taught this brother Hagen taught it. You know, some people just have head knowledge, which is, oh, I accept that that's true, but it's different when they say, you know, it went into my heart as faith. Remember this faith comes by hearing the word of God and believing that it's true. So if I receive it and I believe that it's true, then it's spiritually discerned. It's, it comes to me spiritually. This word preached is not a natural thing. John 6, 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They're spiritual. It's spiritual substance. So when the word is preached to me by faith, I'm being preached a spiritual substance that's going into me. And when I believe it and accept it as truth, it is in my heart as truth. I don't, there's not like a, you know, there's not like some kind of a thing you have to go through. Like, all right, now I'm, I'm transferring it now from my mind down into my heart. Um, you don't, if you're confessing the word by faith, Latrice, it's not just head knowledge. It's, it's already in your heart because you already believe it to be true. That's what the apostle said. We believe, therefore we speak. So you don't have to transfer it from your head to your heart. Like you're switching stuff from a hard drive to the other. It's if you already believe that the word is true, you can't do that mentally. It's a spiritually discerned thing. It comes into your spirit. And when you confess it, you're confessing it because you believe it. That's what the apostles said. And so it's already in your heart as faith. It's already in your heart that you wouldn't speak it and believe it if it wasn't in your heart. It's not just, a, you know, cause you know, there there's atheists that believe that large portions of the Bible is historically accurate, but they're, they believe it's true, but they're not out there confessing it because they don't believe it in their heart. They acknowledge well, there's portions that are historically accurate, but they're not out there confessing the word because although they, they say, well, yes, it is, parts of it are true, they're not out there confessing it because it's not heart faith. They have knowledge of history, but they don't have faith in God's word. It's different. And so it's spiritual substance. It's spiritually discerned. And if you believe it enough to confess it, it's already in your heart. It's already in your heart. Do you have something that you were turned to? So... The thing that I want you to hear is this, we're fighting a fight for the next generation. And, um, one of the things, and we'll look at it, you can fight. I love this thought, man. I love this thought. You can fight and store up favor for your children. You can store up favor for your grandchildren. Do you realize you can live in such a way you can give in such a way that before you die, you've not received all the benefits yet of your faithfulness. But that doesn't mean someone won't receive it because God's not unjust. He can't let bills go unpaid. Think about that. If you're watching, put it in the comments. God doesn't let bills go unpaid. I want you to put it in the comments. God doesn't let bills go unpaid. And so if I've sown, if I've been faithful, if I've stood in holiness, if I've done all the things that the word has spoken up to the moment of my death, then I still have harvests that are coming back that I've not had time to receive those harvests. So one of the things that, that you realize is, that's it, put it in the comments. God doesn't let bills go unpaid. So that thing that comes to you it's coming down to now to your next generation. 
I'm receiving benefits. My parents are still alive. My grandmother's still alive, but I'm receiving benefits of grace and favor because of my parents and my grandparents' faithfulness. You can store up favor and store up blessing for the next generation. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, that's, and that's what we're seeking to do. I want, um, yeah, Jacob, I'll talk about that. He said, who's the person with, with the 300 years of blessings in the Bible? It was, there's my friend Niall from uh, South Africa. I love you. Congratulations again on, on being married. Um, Jacob is referring to something I taught about uh, David, how the Bible says David was faithful. He was a man that pleased the Lord, man after God's own heart. And then if you go, I believe it's in 1 Kings, 305 years after David died, the children of Israel are in need of God's assistance. And God says this, I'll bless you, but not for your sake, but for my name's sake and for my servant David's sake, I will bless you and intervene. Think about that. God pleased the, or David pleased God so much that 305 years after he was dead and gone, God was still pulling favors out of his account and putting them on the children of Israel. That's how much he pleased the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. And God was still saying, for my name's sake and for my servant David's sake, I'll bless you. You, God doesn't let bills go unpaid. There was favor that had to be paid out to David's descendants and God was still paying it out 300 years later. Hallelujah. And you can live in such a way that if Jesus tarries and the rapture doesn't take place and you go home to be with the Lord, God will still be pulling favors out of your account and paying them to your children and paying them to your children's children and you'll create legacy of blessing that goes year after year, after year. Absolutely. That's what we're believing for. That's what the major bill that was paid to get all of this started was Jesus on the cross. That's right. Let me think of the song as you were talking about it. Jesus paid it all, all mm -hmm. to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but it's washed me white as snow. That's right. So the, just like everyone's writing, that bills don't go unpaid. Jesus paid that, so we have a right. Right in the comment section, I have a right. What do you have a right to? That's it. What do you have a right to? Mm -hmm. If you don't know, you'll never step out to do anything. That's because right. Because you have a right to divine healing. You have a right to joy. You have a right to be financially blessed more and overflowing so you can be a blessing to others. It's not about just you. It's God's going to provide for you and others That's around it. you. It should flood out from you. People should be around you knowing I'm going to get blessed. Amen. I feel like people should come around me with expectation. Yes, they should. That's how I look at it. When people come around me, what are they going to expect to leave with? That's right. I mean, everyone wants to be around people like that. Yes. Be somebody that someone wants to be around, not a Debbie Downer. So, right, I have a right. What do you have a right to? Mm -hmm. God said in, in the word of God that he's given us all authority. So if we don't utilize all our authority and hand it over to the enemy, then we're losing out on our rights. It has come to my attention in the last few months what people don't understand what rights they have. It's true. And so if you transfer that also as, as a child of God, People are losing out on what they have a right to. Yeah. And when you know your rights, then you can stand up, 
with a straight back and a bold boldness in your voice and you're not going to back down you're not going to take it you're not going to comply well, i hate that word well think about hate what she's saying even more <laughs> lately think about what she's saying you know there are people that christians that are giving other christians a hard time for being out and about during the quarantine for being out you know around others in crowds of people you know and and you sit back and think to yourself oh was this the first virus that ever was existing on the earth. So are you telling me because you're acting like that? Are you telling me that I don't have a right to my healing covenant that Jesus paid for because a governmental leader told you there was a virus out and about? What do you think that was the first virus that ever existed? Do you think that's the first that's the only virus floating through the the population that they're just not talking about? More people have died from the flu. More people died from swine flu, far more than from COVID. But I can't go out as a Christian, oh, because I don't have a right to my healing covenant. I mean, it just shows you. But it shows Bible you what people say. There will always be pestilence and disease. There will always be. So there was before COVID-19. Of course there was. And it... <laughs> After COVID-19 and the whole dust settles and believe me, mark my words, this will act like it never happened as big as what's going on. There will be another virus. There will be another disease until the return of the Lord. And so what am I supposed to do? Walk around acting like, oh, well, I guess I don't have a healing covenant. I can't do that. I I can't pretend. I refuse to remain on this earth and walk around acting like what people are walking around now. I will not spend the rest of my years on this earth and my kids acting the way everyone's been acting in this last couple months. I refuse because I have a right. And I have a calling that God's told us to do as believers. There are right. things we're supposed to do and it takes touching and it takes breathing and it takes being around people. That's right. So y'all are going to have to get over it out there in the world because we're not having it. Why? I have a right. Yeah, exactly. Like they've been telling people, you know, well, you, I mean, think about how crazy this is that they told you, well, now you can have online services, but now you can't sing in your online services because it takes too much breath. It's like, okay, how much do I have to bend backwards and try to please uh, people that aren't even in covenant with God? You know, it's insane. How about this? You wouldn't be here without a breath. It's it's just insane. (laughs) God breathed into humans to make us alive, to have us on this earth. There wouldn't be any of us without a breath. So it all started with a breath and we're not killing the breath. I don't care what anybody says or does. That was where in Kentucky, in Kentucky, they first said that. Yeah. You know, you can have online services, got a social distance on the platform, but you can't sing. There's no, no singing that can happen um, on your, on your broadcast in your own church. It's like, you've lost your freaking mind and and, and it's it's insane. And they're trying to get, so what I, I have to go around acting like I'm a sinner. I have to go around with the same fear as a sinner because um, you don't think that Christians should be out. I don't have a healing covenant. That's stupid. I and, and I don't care what sinners say. It's when Christians start saying it. It's when Christians who don't know the word of God start talking and then start um, uh, condemning, as Jay Atkins, he said, we, don't, we just actually just don't sing well in Kentucky. It, you start condemning other Christians because we're out and about and doing things. And, you know, um, <laughs> Christians condemning Christians blows my mind. Because it's like, are you now saying that Jesus' blood was ineffective? 
Are you saying uh, that Jesus' redemptive acts that he took on the cross now no longer applies? That's why I had to ask the question at the beginning of this. You know, I will ne- you'll never see me wearing gloves. I'll not wear gloves. Because I have to ask myself the question, do my hands heal the sick or do they catch and spread diseases? That's the main question. Do my hands catch and spread diseases or do they heal the sick? It can't be both. It's one or the other. Because if they heal the sick, they kill viruses. They destroy sickness. They destroy disease. So I can't have hands that carry and spread diseases and have hands that heal the sick. It's one or the other. And that's not for preachers. That's for all believers. These signs will follow them that believe. That's you. That's me. And so I can't sit around and be like, well, you know, I got to wear, I got to wear my, my gloves and I got to have a belt with uh, hand sanitizer on it all the time, putting hand sanitizer until my hands are so dry and cracked. I look like a mummy. I haven't seen, I mean, someone out there should make a belt with a pouch that holds hand sanitizer and then, you know, you can just give me some percentage of commission because all the people out there are scared. They'll have it right there on their pouch pumping. It's insane. Did you see Jesus preaching with a pumping pouch of uh, hand sanitizer? <laughs> hey, disciples, would you like some Purell? We've got some Purell disciples. There's going to be some lepers <laughs> here me, today. Hold on. Let me tell you, they would have really freaked nowadays when Jesus spit in the eyes of somebody. That would have been a no. I'm going to start Your going around praying for people. Your saliva spitting in someone's eyes. Wow, Jesus <laughs> really would have been frowned upon. I'm going to start going through the mall and through you know the drive through and spitting on, on people's eyes. Like, you need a miracle? Come closer. <laughs> See, when you know you're right, you can mock this stuff because it's absolutely ridiculous. It blows my mind. It really does. You know, you find out that people truly don't believe the word of God. They you just have to don't. Use wisdom, the new normal, comply, all of this stuff. Just don't write it to me. Blows don't my mind. Don't text it to me. Don't say it in front of me. <laughs> Got to use wisdom. Got to use wisdom. <laughs> because I've had it. Got it. Had it. Guys, we're going to be having some lepers today that are going to be coming closer and out of the leper colonies. And so just before we do, um, everybody get your gloves on. I want everybody to get some hand sanitizer. Disciples, get your hazmat suits on. We've got lepers coming in today. And, you know, you know what that's like. Extremely contagious. And we got to use our wisdom, guys. And You know, when, when the lepers came to Jesus, notice this. He didn't report them. Now, I want you to, I want to make a point out of this because according to the law of Moses, Jesus should have reported them and they should have been stoned to death for leaving the leper colony. They should have been stoned to death. That was the law of Moses. These men risked their lives to see if Jesus would heal them. And Jesus broke the law by healing? Broke the law of Moses. And then said, and then to fulfill the law of Moses said, go and show yourself to the priest. That was what needed to happen in order for the the priest to pronounce you as clean and free from leprosy. But he should never, you know, if you're going by the law of Moses, they were never supposed to come back into society. And if they were found in society because it was so contagious, they were supposed to be stoned to death. And Jesus did not report them. Jesus did not rebuke them for coming into society. Did he put like round uh, stickers on the ground that were six feet apart and yep. said, Every leper. listen guys, if you come off this sticker, the virus is going to get you because the virus 
has a measuring tape and yep. it knows that six feet right. boundary. Okay? Viruses know. So if you to get only go five closer, feet. you know, forget it. You are screwed. But you know what? You know what my favorite Farther, thing is? But you are on that circle. You stay on that circle. You know what's my favorite you're thing? Good. Is you're when safe they have on that circle. I love when they have the ATMs next to each other and the ATMs are only like a foot and a half apart, but they've got the six foot stickers going backwards. And, uh, but you're still standing a foot and a half or two feet from the person next to you in the line. It's like the virus only goes forward and back, but side to side, the virus does not, let me tell you, does not move. We had to go in an elevator yesterday and we were only allowed two people and there were stickers, but we were rebels. We did three people. So that virus, I mean, we were living on the edge yesterday in that elevator. So stupid. Yep. We've got the logic, now, um, people. Logic. Know your rights. We've got know these your stickers. Rights. It's goofiness. Lepers, we need you to stay on the stickers until Jesus can get to you. Just stay on your sticker. Stay on your sticker. Make sure you social distance. Oh, Renee, tell me about it. When I go places and they have the plexiglass right here, okay? The so cutout. that virus, it's like, it's just going to hit that plexiglass in that one spot. It doesn't think to go over. It doesn't think to go around. It doesn't even think to slip under where you're actually putting your hand in your car. Your hand's at risk. Yeah. That virus is going to jump on your hand and then you're going to rub your nose or you're going to eat your food later and you're going to get it. Crazy. Just like, can we move on now? So move on. you're building up so, and we're talking faith, but we're talking faith to our children. You know, we're, we're making sure our children... I've been with people, so and Carolyn as well, that they are so fearful. I'm talking about parents. So fearful that they've put that fear into their children. And their children are just as afraid as the parents are. You see a spirit of fear. Germaphobes, parents that walk in fear. And then that literally, their children react the same exact way. Absolutely. You got children that are afraid. Nervous. Nervous all the time. No, we don't do that because it's it's dirty. We don't do that. I've yet. seen kids quoting the the CDC guidelines. guidelines. Like parents think it's cute. What is that all about? Meanwhile, their kids, their kids can't. Their kids can't quote quote one scripture. Can quote I mean, the CDC nothing. guidelines. They know there's a virus and whatnot, but I. They have not, I, I already told them, you're not ever wearing a mask, this is why, and this is what we believe. And they're fine with it. Like, they're not like, we're not forcing this on them. They're like, they understand the revelation of their right for the Bible. Yeah. And that it is ridiculous. And they have never once been told to stay away from somebody, to not touch somebody. <sighs> so if everyone thinks I'm breaking the rules, then yes, I am breaking the rules. It's ridiculous. Because that is not how I instructed my kids to start double thinking. If they have to talk to somebody, if they have to have manners, if they have to believe the word of God, it's not happening because this too shall pass. Yep. This too shall pass. So I am not going to form this in my kids now for when it passes well, me- and they've got this... Uh, hesitancy yeah. to do things. Well, here's the other thing too. I'm training and she's training the children how to react when the world screams crisis. How do we react? How do Christians that are full of faith react when the world screams crisis? Do we start freaking out? Do we start doing everything different because everybody else is in fear? Or do we show them by the way that we live I have faith in the Lord. I am not going to walk around 
in in fear. I'm not going to walk around in panic. You're not going to see me sitting around worrying about the future, talking fear in front of the kids. I just don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I, uh, I, you're not, they're going to see dad and mom as calm as can been. be. And we're going to impart faith. Together. Let me show you this. You can actually, look at that. Dennis said, my kids keep asking, uh, when will people stop being afraid so we can go to playgrounds again? Yeah. Exactly. That's what, that's what our kids are asking. Like, why can't we go to the park? Why can't we do this? Yeah. And they think it's ridiculous. You know, the middle of outside, there's nobody around, but that tennis court's locked up tight and the playground's locked up tight so nobody can be in there. It's like, there's no one out. It just blows my mind. But remember this, you can win victories for your next generation. You can win victories now so that the next generation never even, never even has to fight those same things. Think about that. It's what we're doing. By faith, we're transferring victory to our children. Do you know, you can get free from something, you can win a battle today for you and your generation, that the next generation, they'll just live in that freedom, they'll never even have to fight it, because you already fight, fought and won. And David did that for his son. Let me read this to you. If you have your Bible, look at this. First Chronicles 22 and I'll read you verses seven through nine. This is powerful, man. Listen to this. You can win battles that the next generation won't even have to fight. This stirs me up, man. Gets me excited. Listen to the, the David interacting with his son. Verse seven, first Chronicles 22, seven. But David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord, my God. Verse eight. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name because you've shed so much blood before me on the earth. Now look at verse nine. Behold, a son, God's speaking to David here. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. Look at what God's saying. He said, David, you fought and won your whole life. And because you fought and won and fought and won and fought and won, let me tell you what I'll do for your son. You were the fighter and the winner. He'll be the one that lives in peace and quiet through all of his days because he had a generation that went before him that fought and won. You can be the generation that fights and wins. And in that area, your kids will have peace and quiet. Hallelujah. Yep. Your kids will have peace and quiet. You know, let me give you an example. Uh, the, Bi the Bible tells us, what in the world was that? The Bible tells us. Don't call the police, please. I don't want them coming in. Um, you know, the Bible, The you, you may look back through your Which own. Which they can't because we have rights. <laughs> Just so you know, if police come knocking on your door. Think, think about this. <laughs> you may come from a family where, like I said before, it was just alcoholic after alcoholic. But you got delivered. You walk in freedom. You fought and won in that area. And you cut that thing off start a new bloodline and start to realize that 
thing that used to harass our family ended in me. By faith, I won a victory. And now the thing that I had to fight to gain freedom from in that area of my children's lives, they will just have peace and quiet. You know what that means? They'll never even have to battle being alcoholic. They'll have peace and quiet in that area. Why? Because I fought and won in that area. By faith, I took authority and had a victory over that thing. Maybe you come from, um, I love that arm, preaching the difference between coming to the cross and living through the cross. Um, you You think about this. Maybe you came from a family where it was divorce after divorce after divorce, marital problem after marital problem, issues, no peace in the home. And you came by faith and you cut that off. And now you've decided that our marriage will be blessed. Our marriage will be healthy. The spirit of God will be in our home. Peace will be between us, all those things. And though though you had to use the faith to break free from the issues of the past that everybody else dealt with and all of that. Now your children will have peace and quiet in the area of marriage and relationships, because not only did you break that curse when you came into the kingdom, but now they are watching the way that you have the victory. You're imparting that wisdom down to the next generation and where you had to fight to win, they will just experience peace and quiet in their life because you fought battles by faith and won them for the next generation. It happens like that in every single area of life. It, you know, same with finances. Maybe you came from a family that had to always go paycheck to paycheck never owned anything, had to rent everything, you know, only could live in an apartment or a townhouse, never could own a home, never owned property, let alone had rental properties that they rented out to other people and were landlords, let alone all that. But you came out of that. You learned what seed time and harvest was all about. You fought back by faith against lack and poverty, and you beat that thing in your own life by faith. You don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. You don't have to be the person that only rents and can never buy. You don't have to be the person that has to go get everything on credit and has to get everything rent-a-center style. You actually beat that in your life by faith and wisdom, and now your children will be the ones that rise up. Your children, not only will they not have to fight against poverty and lack, but they'll be the ones that go beyond you. They won't just own homes. They'll own rental and investment properties, and they'll understand about having investments. They'll never go paycheck to paycheck. They'll be blessed above the rest. Why? Because you fought a battle and won so that the previous generation no longer affects you, but that your kids don't even have to fight to get free. They start free. Amen. Hallelujah. They don't have to fight to get free. free. They start free. Amen. I want you to put it in the comments. My children will start in freedom. Yes. They'll not have to gain freedom. They will start in freedom in Jesus name. Amen. That's something you got to get, man. My kids will start. I'm looking at a lot of people in the comments that I know you came your first generation in the kingdom, first generation in the kingdom. And thank God that you're in. I thank God for you. You know, 
but but you had to you had to come in and learn this stuff and you had to break free by the by faith and by the word of god but your children will start free even if you're not a parent right now write that yeah confess it now right. confess it now your children my children will start free start in freedom because you're going to speak that now learn everything you can now so when that time comes you've already done your launching pad you know how to be a good husband. You know how to be a good wife. You know how to have freedom in your family. You know how to walk in authority. You know what your rights are. You're speaking over your children now. So you don't have to start scrambling within the marriage, within when you first start having kids. You're already prepared. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely right. If you don't right. have kids right now, still write that. Speak that over your future. Yes. And even that, even that my grandchildren will start. Free. That's exactly That's right. right. My kids like will start free. Uh, my my niece, grandchildren my will nephew, start in freedom. Yes. Gonna start in freedom. Start in freedom. See, I love that. And it doesn't mean they don't have to get saved or it, of course they have to get saved. Of course they have to come to Christ. But what we're talking about is they'll not come into the kingdom having to, you know, break curses or learned habits. You know, we know that coming into the kingdom breaks every generational curse because you can't curse what God's already blessed, but they'll not have to fight back against things that were uh, heavy on your on your family before you, they'll not have to. They'll not have to. They'll be able to come in free. <laughs> and like I said, have peace and quiet where other people had to go through turmoil yeah. to break free from Win those enemies. Win these victories now. All these victories that we're winning now, our kids are, are starting off. That's right. Victorious and like he said, in freedom. I was like, look at Daphne. And I, and I know so many people feel like Daphne. So true. I wish I knew this stuff earlier. And so true. many people feel that way. So many people. They say, I wish I could have started in faith at an earlier age. Lena's shouting, right? She's shouting where she's at. I'm shouting with you because our children are going to know, know the best. Lena's really shouting, not just emoji shouting. No, no, she's really shouting. She's <laughs> shouting the victory because her children will start in freedom. You know, where we had to fight, they will experience peace. And, and that's such and a blessing. every day is a starting day. That's right. So like Daphne said, I wish I knew that earlier. Make today. Make May, what is it, 22nd? May 22nd? Make May 22nd the starting day. Every victory, every anything we're talking about has a starting day. Yep. So if it was you who just didn't grow up in a family like right. that, didn't know the word of God, and you're just now, say, that's it. May 22nd, right. 2020 is my starting day. Yeah. Everybody has a starting day with what they're doing. Everybody's got to start somewhere. you know. I, and, and that's the thing. I'm blessed. I thank God for it that I wasn't the one that had to start it, you know. Um, and that's right. Arms right. You can piggyback off of your spiritual connections too. You can receive impartation. That's what the new book's all about. Receiving impartation from those that have gone before you, not just in your family, men of God, women of God that have conquered. So you think about it. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I'm just saying, thank God, because I'm blessed. I wasn't the one. Arm wasn't the one. You know, his grandfather uh, walked in the power of God. Um, we were blessed because of the fact that uh, generations before us were the one that said, it starts with me. And Karen, it's not too late. You say a lot of reprogramming. It can be changed in a moment. 
but you have to take the action steps. So what you said earlier, you're on the phone with an unsaved cousin speaking about the world. That voice is going to be louder than what you have going on. If you're not in the word of God, if you're not, you know what I mean? Cut yourself off. You don't need to be talking about worldly things with an unsaved person. That's only going to bring doubt and unbelief. And then the things like you write me on Facebook about not having this faith or I'm scared during COVID are going to take you over. Right. It's just what's going to happen. Who? What voice is going to be louder in your life? Yeah. Make decisions who you're going to talk to. It's okay. Someone asked a lot earlier about cutting somebody off in their life or how to get out of a relationship. You have, you just have to do it. Yep. We don't have to have all these formalities. We don't have to take months to break up with somebody or, or separate. God has a certain path for you and it's not full of struggles. It's not full of fear. It's not full of lessons that need to be learned the hard way. Right. And so you've got to have certain people in your life and certain voices. That's right. Because the, like the Bible says, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Yes. And he's not screaming at us. Right. He's not screaming at us, waving red flags. He's talking to you. Yeah. And if you got someone else's voice that's louder, who do you think you're going to end up listening to? I want to give you just a couple of testimonies of how this works. Look at R. Meshagan, who, <clears throat> you know, his grandfather uh, was also a minister. But look what he said. His grandfather picked cotton so that he could save enough money to buy a tent to hold meetings in and preach to people and bless people. He said, now, you know, two generations later, the, the grandsons stand in buildings that they own. Thinking just two generations picking cotton to buy a tent. Two generations later, they're standing in buildings that they own. His brother's in a building program, getting ready to build a beautiful big building there in Georgia. In just two generations, think about that. God brought them into increase because of that faithfulness. In this book, the, the new one, my friend, Pastor Joel Stockstill, wrote the forward to this book. Uh, he's a fourth generation minister. And and and, and arms expanding also. My, Joel Stockstill, fourth generation minister. Listen to what he wrote in the forward. He said this, my grandfather, he said, I know there was a great price paid for me to enjoy such privileges. He said, my grandfather, Roy Stockstill, and his dear wife, Ruth, both sacrificed greatly so that I'd have the privilege of starting where many simply dreamed of ending up. Brother Roy would catch a ride early to the local petroleum plant where he would serve as a pipe fitter's helper in the Louisiana heat. At lunch, he'd pull out his suit. Think about this. At lunch break, he would pull out his suit, change under a near nearby bridge, and go to the hospital to visit, visit some of the ailing members of his newly founded church. Then after he went and prayed for all the members of his church in the hospital, returned to work, put his work clothes back on, and finished the grueling workday as a pipe fitter's helper in the Louisiana heat. Think about that. His grandmother went door to door, taught school, raised a family, and sold encyclopedias to make ends meet at the beginning. So what were they doing? They were paying the price at the first generation to start seeing their family blessed in the kingdom of God. And then, of course, it's just increased year after year after year. And you watch, there's people that just made up in their mind, I will win battles so that my kids can have peace and quiet in those areas. And it's a wonderful thing. 
You know, Arm doesn't have to pick cotton to buy a tent. Allen doesn't have to pick cotton to buy a tent. Ariel doesn't have to pick cotton to buy a tent. Now God is blessing them at a different level because of the faithfulness of previous generations. You are that generation. You are that generation. And I love it. Lena's saying it again. Our, Our children's floor will be our ceiling. And that's exactly it. There's a blessing for your family. And we're going to pray yeah, for you here at the end of this. Our ceiling will be our children's floor. Yeah. That's, she said it just backwards. Our, yeah. our children's floor will be our ceiling. No question. They'll stand above and beyond where we ever were because of our faithfulness and our dedication to the kingdom. And we should be happy about that. I see parents getting upset. Their kids, well, I, I never had that when I was his. I hate that. I hate that phrase. Well, I didn't have that when I was coming up. Praise God they get it. Thank God they don't have to have, you know, or start where you started. I walked to school uphill both ways and bare feet in the snow. What do they need a car at 16 for? Yeah, it's like I was happy when my grandfather, I was giving him around. I think at the time I had some sort of a Mercedes. What was that, like a a C-Class or something? I was young. It's like in my 20s. And I was riding my grandfather around before he passed away, went went to heaven preached for 62 years and he just kind of looked over happy looked over happy and just kind of looked i was taking him i think to hardy's he liked to go to hardy's to get biscuits and gravy <laughs> and, I, and i looked over this was in virginia and he just kind of looked around and he's you know i had a house at that time and i had a a car and he looked around in the in the in the car and he said boy i didn't i didn't start where you started that's for sure and i thought to myself i know what he's saying he didn't say it begrudgingly. He didn't say it angry. He said it proud that his legacy had produced success after success and that now I was his next generation after his next generation, that he saw the progression of faith. He saw the progression of blessing and he said it with a smirk and a smile. Boy, I didn't start where you started. I can tell you that. Like he, he, felt, he felt proud. He felt and saw the fruit yeah. of his labor. Yep. saw the revelation that was progressive, saw the blessing that was progressive. You understand? And, and it made him happy. Thank you, Lena, for sowing a seed. And the same is going to be true for your family. I see my friend, Pastor Ryan McDowell, his children will be blessed and go beyond Absolutely. he and his wife. And what they've been able to accomplish for the kingdom of God, their children will exceed what they did just as we're doing. And it's going to continue and continue and continue. Victory after victory after victory, faith after faith after faith. And and that's how God works. That's how God works. He wants to continue on blessing and blessing to to a greater degree the next generation and the next generation. It's exciting because until the Lord returns, I I want to be like that. If I end up having to be a grandmother sitting in the blessings of my grandchildren yes because i got to see everything that we did go down each generation it blesses me because that's what i want to look around yes and say absolutely you know i want to be able to smile and say that i'm gonna get to do that one day yeah i want to be able to sit there and look around and say that means you'll have to let your girls get married i don't know about that (laughs) but my son will at least get married and that's what's important um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know, girls out there are trifling too. So I don't well, know about my boy well, getting married. Girl, you're gonna have uh, to come through this, Mama. And I ain't easy. She has a gun. I ain't and easy. And so, you know, she beats me, folks. Pray. Um, <laughs> but you have to understand, 
Tomello says, how do we grab hold of the promises and let them manifest in our lifetime? You have to be faithful and dedicated and diligent in obeying the word of God. You have to do what God said. And then, then you find God's purpose and plan for your life through fasting and prayer. And you stick to what God's called you to do. And you complete it by faith and only do what the Lord tells you to do. Yeah. Very important. Because you'll you get into the word, you'll get the revelation of it. And that revelation will manifest those promises in your life. Absolutely right. And we're going to pray for you here at the end of the broadcast yes, and pray for your family. She does have a machete, Karen. That's correct. Um, many snakes are you very know, angry around our people house. People actually wrote me about that and was like, you killed an innocent snake? <laughs> I was like, listen, buddy, do you know what the Bible says about snakes? And the snake is a snake and a dead one around me. <laughs> <laughs> an innocent snake. Those of you that are watching, bow your head with us. We're going to pray. Believe God. My prayer today, my prayer today for you and your family is this never ending increase that whatever it is that plagued generation before you, it's not going to plague you. It's not going <laughs> to plague your children. It's not going to plague your grandchildren. It's not going to, it's not going to come against them, destroy them. Right. I'm believing that from today, the battles that you're fighting and winning, they will never present themselves to your children. They'll never present themselves to your grandchildren. Right. Never. Because from this day, as you fight and win, peace and quiet in that area will be your children's story, will be your grandchildren's story. Absolutely. And if God uh, doesn't have Jesus come back in time, your great-grandchildren's story. And so we're praying. Whatever you're battling right now, whatever you're dealing with, I'm believing May is your month of miracles and you're going to experience freedom before June hits you'll hold your testimony in your hand in Jesus' mighty name. So I want you to bow your head and believe with us that your children are gonna experience it, your grandchildren. Get ready for the miracle power of God in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm praying for every man and woman that's watching or listening. Father, I'm praying for families today. I ask you, Lord, every harassing force sent by the devil to destroy their family and to destroy their life. Yeah. I curse it today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Loose your grip and let them go. I curse every form of sickness that's tried to carry on from generation to generation and disease. I take authority over chronic depression and anxiety attacks that's tried to go from generation to generation. All these issues, financial hardship and poverty and yeah. lack that's tried to go from generation to generation. I take authority over it in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that by their knowledge and obedience to your word, there'll be freedom after freedom after freedom. Yeah. We shall know the truth and the truth will set us free in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Lord, I pray for quick turnarounds for your people in Jesus' name. Let them experience the victories of God's presence in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for it. Now we pray for our children. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our children will not know sickness and disease. Right. Our children will not know depression and anxiety. Our children will never know perversion. Yeah. They'll not grow up into homosexuality or lesbianism or bisexuality or confusion about their gender. They'll not live in that lie of the devil yes. in Jesus' mighty name. Our children will not know poverty or lack. 
They'll not barely get by. They'll not go from paycheck to paycheck, but they'll be abundantly blessed. They'll walk in more than enough. Our children will never know what it's like to have to live in addictions in Jesus' name. Our kids will not be addicted to nicotine, alcohol, drugs, prescription medication, pornography. In Jesus' name, we declare freedom over our children by the power of God. They will live in purity in every day of their life. We thank you that our children will never battle relationship problems and issues in Jesus' name, but they will have a husband that loves them like Christ loved the church. They will have a wife that loves them and submits to the marriage and that has a strong, strong marriage. That's what we will have. That's what we will see. Our children won't end in divorce. They'll not end in broken marriages. They'll not have children that have to grow up in broken homes. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you that the lure of the world and the pleasures and desires of the world will never pull our children out of the kingdom of God, that they will seek the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto our children, that our children will go beyond where we ever went. Lord, lift them up higher than we ever went. Let them experience the benefits of generational obedience in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. We declare it to be done in Jesus' name, and we give you glory, honor, and praise that they have a hedge of protection. Yes. We finish by saying, Lord, that not any evil thing will touch them, that every wicked thing has to run from our children, for a hedge of protection is around them in Jesus' name, the barrier of the blood. We give you honor, glory, and praise. If you believe it, if you receive it, throw some fire in the comment section and shout aloud, amen. If you know it's done and you believe it's completed, amen. shout amen, amen. And we believe it. It's done. It is done. That's it, Christine. Throw some fire up. Let us know you believe amen, it. Amen, amen, amen. It is done. It, it is, is so. Done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I believe it. I'm with you. Take a step towards that future. Listen, let me let me tell you what to do. We're going to give you an opportunity to do this. Sow a seed today. One of the things that's kept us where we are, and I promise you this, our children are blessed because we live a life of dedication. There's my friend Daryl Norick. Love you. Love you, buddy. When you live a life of dedication, your children also benefit from it. If you heard us telling the testimony... Our children watch us as givers and it gives them something to aspire to. Now, let me tell you something. That makes me happy. I watched, you were just telling a story not long ago about Madeline, our oldest daughter, has such a giving heart. She wanted to give a girl that we were at a, a meeting and she saw one of the girls that came on the bus from you know kind of a bad part of town. And she said, mommy, I want to give that girl my Bible. She had a giving spirit. And then what did she do? What did she tuck? She tucked. She had a five dollar bill in her purse. But Maddie's always giving away She's money. She's always sewing. She She's just, always giving. Someone's birthday was the other day, and she just made a homemade card, and then she paper clipped a ten dollar bill in it. Yeah. She's always giving away she, her money. She heard her friend wanted to be a photographer. She doesn't have a job. No. But you know what? She's got money. That's right. She does. She like, does. She really does. We don't even give her an allowance. I. Mm-mm. And she has money no. coming to her. She's she, got. A hundred and something dollars right now in a piggy She's bank 10 upstairs. years old. She's, she, she doesn't work. And I don't give her anything. She doesn't work. That's a funny thing to say. 
Our kid's 10 already and she won't work. She doesn't have a job. Uh, thank you, Krista, for sowing a seat. But it's interesting. She heard her friend wanted to be a photographer. Yep. So she went on Amazon.com, With her, her, her own money, card. and she and bought gosh. her friend a camera. It's and, like, a, and a... And a card to go yeah, with the SD it. card. Yeah. And she walked in and she gave her friend, she said, Hey, I want to know you want to be a photographer. I bought you a camera. I'm like, they didn't even we know didn't. what to do. They're like, what? Why would you do this? You know, it's not a birthday. It's not, but you know, it's just a spirit of giving. But not even 24 hours later, she got blessed with this, with the amount that she spent. Yeah. Someone handed her a $50 bill. <laughs> That's right. And it's just, it's just sweet to see. They see giving and they aspire to be givers. Yeah. Your children will be the same. See, you're sowing seeds. Remember this. What you're doing, it's not just blessing others around the world, feeding children, making sure the poor are blessed, bringing the gospel to others. Remember what's happening. Harvest is coming back to you and your house. Right. And your children will see the results of faithful sowing. And they'll aspire. See, they're learning it from you. They're watching it in you. Because that's always one of the things. People are like, how do I get my kid to do this? And I keep telling them. And I keep, you know. But it's it's not just about telling them. Yeah. I don't constantly tell Maddie that she's got to give to people. Or when people come to our house, our kids are constantly giving something to somebody that yeah. comes through the door. They've made something. Mm -hmm. They've wrapped up their own stuff. And they, <laughs> they're giving it to them in their that's own. That's right homemade wrapping paper but i don't say hey guys so-and-so is coming to the house make sure you have a present for them or make sure you're going to give them something it's just something they've always seen that's been imparted to them that now they just do naturally on their own that's right so don't parents don't ever be worried like i want my kids to be hungry after the things i got you know i've got people that have five-year-olds and six-year-olds yeah. first of all they're just learning to read so simmer down a little bit <laughs> and then second they're like well my kid won't wake up and they don't want to read the bible when they first you know start the day and they're six years six years old it's like neither does just to not shock you neither does brooklyn right you know what i mean like yeah. i have to get her to do it i have to encourage her yes. and then as they see you do it right then they say well look at what mom does and look at the benefits that come from her doing it. Right. And then that's when they have a hunger and stuff for it. So don't feel like, oh, I'm pushing them. I'm doing something wrong. I'm yeah. not being a good teacher. You're teaching by your ways. That's right. Because they're going to see your action and then they get to see the fruit from your action. Exactly. And that's what, that's what drives us as adults to do anything, right? Yeah, of course. We, we see other people the blessing that of do things and we're like, yes, I want to be a part of that. That spirit of faith rose inside of me. Now I'm going to take action and no see question. the of it and it's the same for our family tomello said i i'm in south africa i want to give every month how do i how do i do it if you just go to miracleword.com tomello miracleword.com information's on the screen she also asked how to get your book in south africa yep you can get ago. it the digital copy digital. is available tomello on amazon kindle and also apple books and so you can get the digital version the ebook uh there as well uh, check Amazon too in your region for the paperback and see if they're offering it in your uh, region of the world. Um, you can go to miracleword.com and no matter where in the world you are, you can sow a seed on the give page or you can partner with us uh, as Tamel is talking about every month by clicking on the partner tab or the give tab and you can set up a monthly seed that you'd like to sow 
and stand with us. Let me encourage you because we've been believing, we're standing, big things are happening. I was just going to say, we got lots of things. Yeah, so we many have things. So much to release, but we've got to like do it in increments because yeah. it is overwhelming. So right. we got our excited. Monday, we got a treat for, for you, your kids. So yes. on Monday, stay tuned so I can show you something. Anuncio cool. especial. That will be Monday for That's real, Ari. For re- yeah, for real, it's, mo- it's Monday. <laughs> So you're not going to want to miss that. But let me encourage you. Sow a seed by faith today. Sow a seed. Plant a seed for your family. Make it a generational seed today. What are you believing to see happen in your family? What are you believing happen in your children to see in your grandchildren? See, take that step of faith and make that leap. So you have to, one of the things you have to do is make up in your mind, I am going to be all in all in for what God has planned for my life. I'm not going to be on the fence. I'm not going to straddle the line. I am all in on what the Lord wants to do in my life, my business, my ministry, my family. And actions of faith are what push you forward into that area. Absolutely. And so you, there, everything's on the screen. If you're on Facebook or, or Periscope, you can use hashtag donate in the comments. Cash App is available. Venmo is the same username as Cash App. MWGive. You can use PayPal. Uh, miracleword.com, the easiest place to sow your seed, uh, and you can partner with us. And so I want you to pray about being one of the ones that we have asked God to attach to our ministry. And we're believing God for a thousand people that'll stand with us at $85 a month or more, believing to see a generation changed. Thank you, Shanda. We love you and Matt and appreciate you guys very much. Um, And as I said a moment ago, for everybody that's sowing $85 or more this month, we're going to send you my friend, Pastor Alan Meshagan, his book, Heir of Power. This is a wonderful and a powerful book and a revelation on the fact that you're a joint heir with Christ, that you have the identity with Christ, the authority and power of Christ. This is how you walk in it. And just so you can take a look, this is the book, Heir of Power, Pastor Alan Meshagan Jr. You'll love this. It's a great, great revelation. And uh, he has a brand new book out as well that's called The Table. And uh, you can check that out. on I'm sure you can get it on Amazon or his website, The Table, Powerful Revelation. And then for anybody that feels the Spirit of God telling them to sow largely, $1,000 or more, we're going to send you this genuine leather life application study Bible in the New Living Translation, as well as we have the hardcover with a dust jacket edition of Further Faster. Limited edition. We won't be selling these. Uh, they'll not be at meetings on the table. You can't get them on the website. It's for people that are standing with us in partnership uh, at $1,000 or more uh, as a seed. And we're going to send one of those and sign it to your family along with the Bible, along with Pastor Allen's book to say we love you and thank you. It's we're hooking you up. brother's response. Look at Arm says he gets all of his material from me. <laughs> oh, and just because I'm on and Ted usually forgets to tell you, if oh. you are somebody who gives by way of cash app. I said this yesterday, by the way. Oh, wow. Look at you. Um, make sure you go on the hey, give page COVID, on the COVID, we need website. a fist bump. No, it's not. You can't do hands. No, you can't. Elbows, can. you're safe. Okay. No, it's elbow. Right. See? There you go. 
Oh, humility is my spiritual but go, gift. Go on there so we can receipt you for your giving because we can't find you on Cash App unless you fill out this form on our page. So what happens is if you give by Cash App or Good World or whatever. You just have to fill it out once. Right. Just so we have it in our system. So every time you give by Cash App or, or like Venmo, we can attach that to your actual real name. Your profile. Not your secret Cash App name. Yeah, because you know we <laughs> want to be able to send you the gifts and everything, but Cash App, ha, uh, you know, hashtag donate, they don't allow us to see your mailing address. So we just need you to go. So miracleword.com forward slash offer. Offer. Fill it out there just one time. We have you in the system, and we can hook you up with all the good stuff that's coming out, including the brand new magazine that's getting ready to ship in just about a week and a half more, maybe two weeks or so. And you're going to get this in your home for the summer edition. What you're looking at on the screen is the spring edition, Miracle Word Quarterly. If you'd like to get it, go to miracleword.com forward slash live and sign up. If you've already done it, you don't have to do it again. We have your information. In fact, please don't do it again. Uh, because it just is extra work. But Lena said, I can't deal with elbows. I hug. I'm a hugger. Lena, I haven't, I've hugged and I've shaken everyone's hand this entire time. I'm going to start doing what Paul said to do in the Bible and greet one another with a holy kiss. That's where I'm going to start heading. I'm going to greet you with a holy kiss when I see you. I will tell you, I have failed to be obedient during quarantine. Yeah. I shake hands. I hug. I'm not bumping elbows. I I didn't do that before. I'm not doing it after, and I'm not doing it during. It's weird. It is weird. Bump my elbow. It's weird. I have my full arm extension. Stop being weird. I know. Tired of the weirdness. So, um, listen, we will put it up soon for you guys to um, be able to pre-order... Carolyn's book that's getting ready to come out. It's not up on the store yet, but we'll let you know when um, because we do want you guys to be able to pre-order it. It's going to be out summertime, um, early summer we're believing. And so uh, we're going to give you the ability to, to grab that. I know you guys are excited. I'm excited. I saw, we saw mock-ups yesterday for the um, cover. It's looking awesome. Can't wait for you guys to see it. Can't wait for it to come in your hands. Ben Full in, in Georgia said, please don't kiss me. <laughs> please don't kiss me. James, my father's doing great. Uh, he's live every night at Miracles at Midnight on Facebook and YouTube. You can watch him teach and preach and live Miracles at Midnight on his Facebook page, Ted Shuttlesworth for, uh, hyphen, uh, Faith Alive, as well as on YouTube as well. <laughs> we love you guys, man. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we'll be I had back a tonight. Good time, but this wasn't it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had I've had a great time. I've this had wasn't a great it. time, but this um, wasn't it. We love you guys. It. I love you. We called it Friday Family or Family, family Friday. Friday because you are our family. Absolutely, you stick with us every time we're on, and we appreciate it. We love you. We do. We genuinely be back love tonight you. at nine o'clock to finish what is the that? series. I've never seen Super Hearts. That blue and mm-hmm. super heart From negative thirty three tier zero. No, she she's saying that she's that? given thirty three super hearts. Wow. Yep. Never super seen a duper. Blue thing like that though. Must be new. Um, be back tonight nine o'clock. Finishing the series. Five areas of life you must master tonight. You don't want to miss this one to close the series. It's going to be powerful. Say I'll the be- first one. First what? 
Part one was amazing. part one. We dealt with gaining so victory of the battlefield of your you mind. Can go back and watch. Yep, it's a good one. The battlefield of your mind. Of the mind. Got to get that one. It's that is a foundational. Number two, the spirit man, strengthening your spirit. Strengthening your spirit man. Number three. Number three. We dealt with taking authority over your flesh. Ooh, and last night one. it was gaining mastery over relationships that All destroy right. many people. Who just had that question, Jacob? Watch last night. I think Jacob was on Part last four. night. Well, then there's yeah. your answer. Absolutely. Tonight, question mark, question mark, question mark. Montgomery Meat Masters. Love you too. I need to get some meat from the Meat Masters, I apparently. I know. That's a great name. If you're a master of meat. Are you a butcher? I, I want to get some of that. Sounds I can't awesome. do the accent as well as you. <laughs> Charlie tells me you're a butcher. <laughs> anyone know that movie because it's a good movie. thank you mike i'm ready for this it's mustache may you guys are still growing i'm having a feeling mike mike lavalle is crushing the handlebar mustache i can't wait for june 1st where we show the actual pictures of the mustaches i will don't make me mike. i am the anointed breakup service we did it last night i'll break up with your boyfriend and girlfriend that's unsaved for you i'll call give me the number i'll call him hello you've reached ted shuttlesworth with the Breakup service. Your boyfriend slash girlfriend does not want to hear from you ever again. Please delete this number from your phone. Do not text. Do not call. Do not slide up in their DMs. Do not send them anything on TikTok or a TikTok or Snapchat. They TikTok. are done. They are done with you. They might need a TikTok. Um, <laughs> just give um give them Ted's text number. Better believe it. He'll just send a long a long <laughs> text for you, and then it's like all done. Press friends. stop. To a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> Press, you know, have instructions. They're broken up with. Girl. They're out the door. See you later. Got the boot. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. That's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn. Me? No. I have never had to shave my face. No, she's I am talking insulted. about. Did you rip mine off? Oh, they're asking. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, actually, I came home from an errand and he had shaved I it just off. needed some kisses, y'all. Yeah. She was she was she was using manipulation like we tell not to do. She was holding those kisses That's back. That's not true. I kissed you, but it was like kind of puckered. Kind no, of it was like this. The mustache. It was, like, it was hesitant. It was. This was the face right here. It's true. Don't touch me with your face. Because it is. Ooh, it's a weird feeling. I know. I don't like when yours prickles me. <laughs> I never have shaved my face once. Not even whack. I told you she Nothing. beats me. I told you she beats me. Did you just see it? Did you see it? Somebody call husband protective services. Karen says it hurts. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> she beats me. And you that was just a fist. You haven't even seen when she pulls out the cast iron skillet. Oh my look at that. She uh, toned. Toned. Un unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've seen it. I've seen it. She said, please don't put that on Facebook. <laughs> We love you guys, man. Thanks for hanging with us. We're already on Facebook. If you haven't checked out Miracle Word University, what are you even doing with your life? Yeah. Go check it out. MiracleWordU.com. We got courses up for you. This is the time that most people have had to literally do nothing in their lives. Mike said, look at those pistols. (laughs) (laughs) Look at those pistols. She is a pistol. I hope Mike wins. Mike's got a great mustache. I don't know if anyone. um, It's something to aspire to. I don't know if anyone can beat that. 
He's a man's man. It's like, it's fashionable. It's got like, you know. It's, it's got the handlebar going. It's just, it's just not a mustache. It's got character. It's got character. It's got its own email address. It's got its own social Nina, media I account. I miss you. And I'm going to hug the She's going to hug the church. crap out of you. Um, I'm going to hug you on the 31st. Hey, Mike. You should start a social media social media accounts for your mustache and have them post on its behalf. It's going to be great. Have your own Instagram account for your mustache. Get it an email address. Rent some office space for it. It's that good. It's that good. <laughs> we love you guys. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you tonight at 9 o'clock. We'll be back on Monday. And we've got an Anuncio Especial for Monday. Love you. Parents, make sure you're on. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.